Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. So have you ever thought, like, you, you know, we, we experience worship and it touches our hearts and and you feel the, transform- the possibility of transformation in your life. You know, who's ever got fed up of themselves? Anybody? Yeah. Who's ever got ideas and you think, this is what I'd love to be doing, and then you set out to do it and it doesn't work. And then you come to church and then you hear people like me preaching, you think, yeah, yeah, I've heard it all before. It just doesn't work. It works in church, and then the moment I get out to try and put it into practice, it dies on me. Does anyone? Yeah. yeah. So I've got, a, I've got a, such a frustrating title for you this morning. Who's ever prayed and asked God for something and you've not got it? Yeah. And then you come to church and you're a, a splendid preacher like myself, <laughs> saying just trust God and, and God answers prayer. And you think, yeah. And we don't want to let the side down, do we? we? We sort of like say, yeah, that's true. But really in our hearts we're going, yeah, sometimes. Sometimes he answers. Sometimes he doesn't answer. Yeah. I'm trying to speak into frustration because today I want to speak about developing strong faith. I started a series before Christmas and it got hijacked because of Christmas. (laughs) Humbug. Uh, It got hijacked, so I'm back on it. Developing strong faith. One of our values in global is robust. Real, relevant, relational, and robust. Being real. But to be real, you've got to be robust. But to be robust, you need something more than just an insecure heart and mind. And, you know, we start by being insecure, but when you develop strong faith, you grow a strength of character. And uh, it's brilliant. And then you actually start like being you. So I've had times, most of my life, I've liked being me. I make myself laugh. But there are times when I haven't liked me. And I haven't been proud of some of the things that I've said or some of the things that I've done, even as a Christian. But you know, when you, when you give that to God and you ask him to transform you, transformation comes. But, and it comes often over a period of time. Can God do it in a day? Yes, he can. And he did do with King Saul. He was transformed in a day. But here's the problem with that kind of transformation. Because he hadn't developed a great character, the transformation came, but the the transformation went. And God does things slowly so often because he wants us to build. He puts building blocks into our lives or he gets us to put good building blocks in our lives, yeah? Okay, so here's the frustrating bit of what I want to, to, to say today. And that is, you do not have because you do not ask. You do not have because you do not ask. Who's ever asked God and not got? Anybody? Can, can I have a show of hands of all the unbelievers in the church? <laughs> yeah. So I want to speak into that frustration because what I want to say is God always answers prayer. God always hears us. And God wants to give us more and He's more willing to give us than we are to ask. So I've, 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 I've written all this down, some beers, and I should write a book. But I'm writing it down, but I'm one of them that says, but I have asked, and you seem so reluctant to give it me. Yeah? 
But there are reasons for that. Sometimes you're ready for God to do a miracle in your life, but other people who are part of that miracle are not ready. So as much as you're asking, God's saying, no, I've heard you. It's a bit like a kid waiting for Christmas. Can I have my train set now? Can I have my train set now? And you can't because the, the ducks are all not lined up yet. Yeah? That's the wrong thing. You know what I'm saying. That you've got to wait till Christmas. You've, you've got to go through all this palaver. Of... So, so you might be ready, but other things are not ready. And God lines things up. So there's, there's many, many things why, why things get stalled. And I'm just putting it on a natural. There are supernatural reasons. When you read the book of Daniel, the prince of Persia, who was a demonic spirit, stopped the angels, the ministering angels, from ministering. Ministering means helping and, and, you know, strengthening or whatever. It was so powerful that other angels couldn't get to Daniel. But eventually when they did get to him, they said, you know, Daniel, God heard your prayer the moment you set yourself to prayer. But he said, but we've been obstructed. And it took two and a half weeks or something like that for a breakthrough to come. And you know, this year, I want to move us from scrape through to breakthrough. Because too many of us are scraping through. And many of us, many of you, I should say, have got kids. And it's tough when you're bringing kids up. It's noisy when you're bringing kids up. <laughs> they, all, they start out looking like aliens. And then they finish up looking like aliens. But it's life's sad. But, but what happens when you bring your kids up? You've no money. Your, your resources are depleted. And I don't want us to settle for scrape through. I want us to believe for breakthrough. Because God is a God of more. More than enough. And so I want to just go through some scriptures. So, you do not have because you do not ask. Where do I get that from? James chapter 4 verse 2. He says, you desire... You desire but do not have, so you kill. That's an interesting church to be in. Um, you covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. Does that sound familiar? You do not have because you do not ask God. And we need to be great askers. And, um, but unless you understand the character of God, what God is like, then you'll not have confidence to ask him. So God is so rich. I mean, he is filthy rich. The caricature that comes from America that people have, uh, have, have uh, had a go at televangelists and stuff like that, I want to just break through that because there is truth in what they're saying, the televangelists. And if we're not careful, we mock it, but we miss it. Yeah. We mock them, but miss the message. And sometimes the messenger is a bit daft. But you know what? We, we're after the message. And I was one that mocked it, only to find out I was wrong. And 15 properties later, when God had to demonstrate miracles in my life just to break my thinking, my kind of tough northern thinking, like saying, what, the, what are Americans like? Yeah, touch the screen and you'll be healed and all that. And then when you touch the screen and you are healed, you're amazed. See, when you're not sick, you mock it. But when you're desperate and it happens, you're so grateful. I'm just saying. So we've got to understand the, power, uh, the, the nature of God. God is a great giver. John 3.16, the most quoted text in the Bible. 
For God so loved the world that he... You see, the, the, um, the demonstration of love is giving. The proof of love is giving. Mothers are brilliant at giving. You know, women, you say, well, it's just women, they're so good at it. I know, I know men that are great givers. And I don't just mean of money and stuff, but of the time and their energy and their heart. And, you know, God transforms men to be great, great givers like himself, great lovers. Um, God, uh, so God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believed in him should not perish, not come apart, not fall apart, and eventually end up in God's dustbin. but have everlasting life that they end up in heaven, not the other place. Hell is basically God's dustbin. It's an incinerator for things that are no longer useful for the purpose that they were created for. And I didn't invent that. Jesus talked about that. And, and there was a place called Gehenna just outside of Jerusalem and they had to take the rubbish there. And they burnt the rubbish there. And... Um, and there were worms there that ate rotten food, and then there was a constant fire. They had a 24-hour fire going on constantly to burn rubbish. And so Jesus used that as an illustration of God's dustbin. And when human, when human beings are perishing, eventually they will perish. And then hell is God's incinerator. It's not a great thought first thing in the new year, but I'm just saying when people start to come apart, but as global, we want to get into people's lives and explain why they're going falling apart. That sin entered the world through this one man, Adam. But life came through this second Adam, Jesus Christ. Now choose life. And God leaves the onus on you and me to choose. I wish he didn't. I wish he'd just make us all believe. But he doesn't. I wonder today, do you believe? And I don't mean believe like an academic thing. I mean, belief from John's gospel is that you, you are ruled over the person by the person who you believe in. Uh, it's just like being a, a military man and you're ruled over by the military. And, and we're ruled over by Jesus Christ, our more, more um, uh, theologically, we're ruled over by the Holy Spirit. And... Um, so, who's ruling your life? And I want the Holy Spirit to rule my life. Why? Because he's got loads of resources that I don't have. He will lead me in ways that I wouldn't go in order to get blessings to me. So, God, let's get back onto God's character. God, it says, so God is a great giver. How do I know? Genesis chapter 1, verses 28 to 30. God bless them. This is Adam and Eve. And he said to them, be fruitful. That's what God wants for you and me. For every human being. Be fruitful. And increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Become control freaks on the earth. Instead of being controlled by things, you go and control it. Yeah? There's an aggression in that. Because life comes at you and it tries to take you over. And, and we're supposed to get older life and saying, you're not doing that to me. I will walk over you. And I don't mean walk over you in a bad way. You know what I'm saying. I will rule over you. I'm not going to have you as a situation to rule over me. Does anybody have any situations that are ruling over them at this moment in time? You're saying it's God's will that you subdue that. 
that you overcome it. And sometimes it's like climbing a mountain. You can't subdue it in one go. It takes time. And I wish God would wave a magic wand so that I could subdue it immediately. But he doesn't. He starts to, he works with us. And, and all of a sudden, sorry, over a period of time, as we've been trying to climb this mountain or subduing something that's coming against us, we look back and we think, I've won. You'll know when you've won. You wake up one morning and all the fight in you has gone and there's peace. Can't explain, it's just supernatural, but you know breakthroughs happened. From that on in, it's a different way and you've subdued it. But what, what, what it does to you, it makes you strong. And a bit like Yellow Brick Road, you know Dorothy. And she's, she's on the Yellow Brick Road and she, she meets the, the tin man. <laughs> Give me an art. Oh no, that's the other one. <laughs> that's the lion in it. <laughs> put him up, put him up. And then he's after an art because he's fearful and all this lot. And then you've got tin man who has no feelings. And then you've got straw man who's like as weak as water. And, uh, and she's trying to find wisdom along the way. And, and they're, they're putting all the hope in this kind of God figure. And eventually they pull the curtain back and it's a fella. It's smoke and mirrors, and it's, it's like it's not real. And all the time, all along the way, she had the power to make it happen. She only had to click her red shoes, yeah? I thought it was a good illustration. I couldn't wait to tell you that this morning. So, so what happens when God takes us through what, what is a miracle... Once you've gone through it, you're empowered and you think, oh, that problem, not a problem, I'll sort that. You've matured. You've grown. God wants us to grow. He doesn't want us to be like babies. So anyway, get the picture. God is a great giver. Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you. Everyone said, give you. I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath and life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God is giving. Right, I'm, I've took us to Genesis because that's right at the beginning. Genesis means beginnings. And, and it, it, if it's not in Genesis, I worry about it because Genesis is like the, the beginning of everything that we've got. And God has given us, uh, uh, um, showing us his character in Genesis. I've got a lot to give and I'm giving it freely. Who likes some of that? great now we, you know in the bible it talks about like be fruitful and increase and stuff like that and and and, and seed bearing plants and different things and can i just cut through that and say that your mercedes is ready and you're all like what i don't even like cars well don't have it then what would you like <laughs> and you say well he's got a slot machine no he's not but I, he wants to give you the desires of your heart how do i know that psalm 37 Verse 4, or is it 35, verse 4? I don't know, it's somewhere, it's somewhere around there. And God wants to give you the desires of your heart. Why? Because he put them there. Isaiah chapter 66, he says, God says, do I bring to the point of birth and not deliver? How, how many visions and dreams have you had that's come 
very close to becoming a reality and then it all goes in reverse. Has anyone experienced what I've experienced? And yet God's word says, do I bring to the point of delivery like a, a woman in birth and not deliver? He says, no, 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 I deliver. And our God is a God who delivers. But you see, we're intimidated so often. I'm moving down my script too quick. We're intimidated because we use sense knowledge. Who's ever had a dream? And you tell somebody your dream and they go, all oh, right, well, and have you got the money? And you think, oh. And have you got the facility? Uh, no. So, well, where are you going to get that from? Don't tell me God. And you think, oh, yeah, what a twit. I'm such a twit. And you back away from it. And yet when you're in the moment, it was as real as anything. You're like, oh, that is fun. And it energized you. And it gave you focus and purpose. And you're like, this is what I'm going to do. But people use sense knowledge. And they bring you into logic and detail. They are killers of faith. Logic and detail. I'm a thought through man. I'm a master of the art. I'm a master of the arts. Did you know that? So I read and I think and I listen and, and I study and, and I've got a brain. But that doesn't necessarily help you in faith. Faith's a different muscle. It's a totally different muscle. Faith is birth in imagination. On the picture you paint on your heart of your future, your mind is trained to jumping to gear to make it happen. And that's why we've got to free our minds from logic. The devil is in the detail. So don't go into detail too much. Why? Because it will drain you and be like, oh, it can't be done, it can't be done. You're not meant to do that. You're meant to come back and see the big picture again and dream and think about it. And as you dream, it's the dreaming and it's the talking about what's in your heart that sets something in motion and the laws of God are invisible. Even the, even the laws of gravity, that's still invisible. It only shows when you jump off a building. But, but you know, we're discovering the laws of, of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit works in dreams and visions. And so our academic minds kill it. And you say, are you anti-studying? I'm not anti-studying but I just know it's limitations. Science is so amazing. And the Chinese have just put uh, a vehicle, a, a, a vehicle on the moon. And they are in, well, they've, put to, they've, they've had to use a, a, a special thing to, uh, another spaceship to, to keep communications going. And they've gone to the dark side of the moon, as Pink Floyd said. They've gone to the dark side. Nobody's ever been there before. Wow, that's amazing. And, and breakthroughs in science, but you know, science isn't enough. It's great for what it's meant to be for. But I'm not talking science and I'm not talking ac academia, I'm talking faith. And faith. So, when, you, when you're walking in faith, it's, it's, it's nerve-wracking. Who's, who's ever been on the line financially? I'll use finances. I use finances because that is so close to everybody's art, Yeah. It's not that we're money mad in global, it's that we're money minded. And there is a difference. And who's ever sailed close to the wind? January's a long month, have you ever noticed that? <laughs> yeah, it started in November. Anyway, so you're walking and you're just thinking, oh, I've got this bill to pay and that bill to pay. 
and we live in fear all the way through. Who's ever lived in fear and yet you've got through? I mean, we're all here, so we've been through some Januaries, haven't we? I'm not in prison today, so I've been through some Januaries. Isn't it funny how we, somehow you get through? And it's not always nice. You, you might get a colourful letter like a red one. There's no sense of humour, these people, have So, but you get through, and yet you've lived in fear and desperation for a month, and God wants us to live in faith and peace. Be- why? Because you're more important than a bill. You're more important than a bill. Bills will always be with you, but you're more important than a bill, and God wants to strengthen you on the inside. That's why I'm going to teach you about how to get strong faith. And I haven't got very far. I'm trying to give you God's character as a great giver. Anyway, so God had provided everything for Adam and Eve, but he provided even more. Now, the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden. And there he put the man he had formed. He provided for him. He got somewhere ready for him that was perfect for them. And Adam and Eve, he put them in the garden. And I want to suggest, no, I want to do more than that. I want to speak it out and say, God has got things ready for you this year. Things ready for you. And if the angels could sing, they'd say, You were always on my mind. You were always on my mind. Sir. You're always on God's mind. God absolutely loves you. And he's, he's not mad at you, he's mad about you. Yeah. And even when you make mistakes, who's ever been frustrated with the kids and it just doesn't last that long, really? You can't keep it up because they're beautiful. They're brilliant. And they do something wrong and you tell them off and you tell them off. And Right, right, come on in now. You can come in now from, from the cold. <laughs> from the ice, you can put your claws on now. <laughs> you know, you've punished them and stuff. I've put the stick away and everything. <laughs> I know some of you can't laugh at that. Relax. Relax. We wouldn't use a stick. We wouldn't use a stick with a nail in the end. We wouldn't do anything like that. But it doesn't last for long. Why? Because they're yours and you love them. And so when, when, even when they do wrong, they don't stop being yours. They don't stop belonging to you. They've just fallen out of favor for a little while. Yeah? But with God, you never even fall out of favor. He's always looking for ways. He's always looking for ways. And he is amazing. He's amazingly patient. Uh, he's incredible. That's why you transform when you become like him. And, you know, even coming this morning will affect your life. It will affect your mentality. It will affect your mental health for the better. Because God is good. That's his essential quality. He is good all the time. He never took somebody. He never killed anybody. He never, he never gave you anybody cancer. He never, he, because they were bad, bad people. I know so many bad people who have never had cancer. And I know so many good people who have had cancer. Yeah? See, God can't give what he hasn't got. And he hasn't got nastiness. He hasn't got evil. He is a good God. And there's a propaganda machine that's been out there for centuries saying how small God is, how small-hearted and how nasty he can be and vengeful. But that's just not true. 
Okay. God is a great giver. Listen, this is what one of the apostles wrote. Command those who are rich in the present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Does that sound like a vengeful God? Not at all. Let me just say that again, because I just I drink it in. But to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Psalm 2, verse 8. Ask of me, and I will give you the nations as your inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth as your possession. Is anybody believing for a property this year? So it's like, that's a, that's a great one. Ask of me and I will give you. So here's how you start your prayer. Daddy. <laughs> that's, that's all what Jesus said. Our Father who art in heaven, Harold be thy name. We all know this. We all know it. But it's, it's that, it's, that you, it's, it's relational. It's dad. It's not God. It's dad. And dads, good dads, love to give. They love to give good things. So, Luke chapter 11. This is Jesus speaking. He said, if you then, though you are evil, that's how he summed up the human race, because he knew the damage that, that sin had done to every human being who came from Adam. You know, when we talk about born again, we talk about being delivered from evil into good. Adam was delivered from good into evil. That was his born-again experience. When he gave into temptation, him and Eve, they were, they were born again into evil. And from then on in, every human being that's come from them has been damaged by sin, soiled by sin, separated by, uh, from God by their sin. That's why the Christmas message is you'll call his name Jesus because he will save his people from their that alienation, that separation from God, Jesus says, I'm going to save you from that and I'm going to bring you in so that now you have God's presence. Not in a church building, but living on the inside of you as a human being. You are now the church. Not the building, you're the church. So Jesus says, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more Will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? God is a compulsive giver. How much more we can give? We are very generous. Human beings can be absolutely generous. But it's like, how much more? Jesus has given us a glimpse of what His Father's like. Jesus has come to show us what God's like. My mate gave me a little sermon. It took him about two seconds. Just love him. You die a million deaths in this church because I know you like a long talk. <laughs> but we're sat having a meal at our house and all of a sudden he got his serviette and he went like that, covered his face and then he went like that and I thought, oh no, what's going on here? And he's going. He said, uh, Jesus came to reveal what God's like, show us what God's like. We'd never, nobody had ever seen God except God the Son. And God the Son comes from heaven and he said, you know what God's like? This is what he's like. And he tells parables, yeah. I thought, oh, that's brilliant. brilliant. I thought we'd finished. We hadn't. He put the serviette over his arm and he said, 
Jesus came to save. That's the nature of God. I said, that, that, that's brilliant. And then he put it like a clock on his back and he said, he came to be the super saviour. So that'll be your talk next Christmas. <laughs> he come to show us what God's like. Romans chapter 8 verse 32 says this, he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him freely give us all things? And the heart of what I want to say really in these next few weeks is this. We have faith to believe for forgiveness and reconciliation with God. And we believe that not only we're forgiven, but we've been made right with God. Our relationship that was damaged because of sin has now been, the sin part has been deleted. Now we're back with God. And now we have a relationship with Him. And most Christians stay there and struggle through life and hope that God might just give them a little magic, uh, a magic, uh, a bit of benevolent magic every now and again just to be kind to them. And it's not as random as that. The same faith that you and I had to believe in Jesus is the same faith that will move mountains in your life. Whether the mountains of debt or a mountain of depression doesn't really matter. Your faith needs to be put to work. This is where I'm going. But to put it to work, we've got to have strong faith. But we don't start with strong faith. What's the point of of praying for cancer if you can't have faith for a cold? We go to paracetamol too readily rather than God's promises. God's promises are packed with eternal power, supernatural power. And we've got to learn to get hold of them promises and start to believe them. And I want to demonstrate that and show you that in these coming weeks, yeah? Anybody interested in that? I'm really interested in it because I absolutely love this stuff. And I, I, I've, I've been one that for years just, and I preach salvation. But that word salvation means it's more than just being forgiven and being reconciled to God, which is amazing. It's salvation means to be salvaged from the, the perishing that's in our lives, the unbelief that's often in our lives, the damage from our sin, and God wants to restore, He wants to heal, He wants to clean up, He wants to give new starts. Anybody like a new start? I want a new start. 2019, I want a new start. I've come out of the credit crunch and I'm like dusting myself down and I'm thinking, I'm ready. But I wasn't ready. Years, you know, a couple of years back, I wasn't ready. I was still like, oh God, this is so hard. This is so tough. I'll tell you what is the toughest thing bringing kids up the most rewarding but it's the toughest it's the toughest and if you're a one parent family here today you know our hearts go out to you we want to strengthen you um, and encourage you because you've got to be mum and dad and uh, you need wisdom for that if you're from a blended family here today where you've got step brother, step sister, step dad step mum, step one that was my kind of family I think I had step and then I had half and then I had full I was confused as a kid. But you see, there's a way through. Shouts came with a brilliant scripture. God will make a way where there is no way. Your thinking can only see the problems. Faith leapfrogs the problems and says there is a way. And we've seen many people in church 
many young people who could not get a deposit for a house get a deposit for a house supernaturally using God's promises by faith that we do these things we've had people find each other you know in relationship that's fantastic I'm not just talking young people I'm talking older people that have found relationships you know believer to believer and that's fantastic who thought maybe it's too it's too late in life but have found each other and supernatural and I love the supernatural we've got to live in the natural I'm not a I'm not a, a fairy cake or a snowflake or anything like that but I do know that if we're not careful our kind of macho uh, and this is not just for the men this is for the women as well our macho mentality kills faith God resists the proud, proud but he gives grace to the humble and humble isn't walking around going oh I'm not good at football when you're brilliant at it used to confuse me in church I remember being in church and, and I said oh we're going to France this is years ago we're going to France on the bus and they all laughed, sniggered because they knew I meant coach and, uh, and I wasn't cultured enough in them days I just said it as I thought and I, and I just said we're going, we're going on a bus me and Shelley and we're going to go with my brother, her brother and a friend from Shelley's works and, uh, and the tents were already up to me it was magical the tents were already put up for you so when you got there, you didn't have to put anything up. You could get straight on to coffee and tea. I didn't drink in them days. So you, and it's like, I were amazed. Oh, I told you that story. Where am I going with that? Oh, that was it. Then they would say, do you speak any French? And I'd say, well, no, you, you know, like, un deux trois. That's about it, really, Rodney. And then they'd say and I'd say do you speak French right no no not really and then you'd hear them speaking and they were brilliant at it I hate people like that you know false humility I can't play piano they get on me like that and I'm playing it with me heel because I've seen little Richard do it and I'm playing with me and they say you don't use your heel on a piano anyway that were meant to be funny I'll take that out of my notes but what I want you to see is you're not stuck with what you've got why? but God God can make a way where there is no way it says he will make a way in the desert from the team here at Global Church thank you for listening to this podcast please check out our other messages available on the website